Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm the other host, Chris. We are your premier podcast for straight-to-stream science fiction and science fiction-adjacent movies, television shows, short films, whatever. If there's moving pictures and sci-fi on the screen, then we review it and talk about it. How are you, Chris? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I actually got something pretty neat. Oh? I got a gift from a friend for oh, Christmas. You're, you're welcome. It wasn't you. You still haven't given me your Christmas gift. No, yet. it's on my mantle because I tore down my tree, put your gift adja- tree adjacent. Whoa, are, you, are you looking at my light? Your light? No, I'm not looking at you at all. Hold on. Now I am. Hold on. I see nothing. Oh, did it change colors? Did a light? Did you? I see your skin tone shifting slightly. It it might have changed colors. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's some blue, purple type going on. I I guess it's purple at this point. Hmm. Mm. But uh, yeah, this was a uh, a Christmas gift from a, a friend of mine, friend of ours. Yeah. And so yeah, now I have <laughs> I've joined the RGB army. I guess it wasn't my plan, but it's just what I got. So wow. And wow. I found my other glasses that I've been looking for for over. Nice. Month, so it awesome. all works out. Do you feel like the more RGB has invaded our life, the lower the quality of that life is? No. Okay. Um. <laughs> nice. I'm glad you got your. Uh, I'm glad you got your blue lights. Is it like a Philips Hue thing, or what, yes, what do you got going yeah, on? Yeah, it's Philips Hue. Yeah. Okay. So. I saw you looking down the whole time, so I assume you're using some sort of app on your phone to control the lights in your room. I have that one light in my room that changes colors, but it is the cheap, cheap one. So it has a little mm. generic remote. Oh, I and see. Like 16 preset colors, some of which look different than the other ones. Uh, out of the 16 ones, I think about mm, maybe seven of them are unique colors, and the rest are, I think that's the same as the other one. It might just be a, a slightly different shade or hue. Mm, maybe. So. But I also think it, like, it'll like it change depending on the brightness. Uh, so like the brighter they are, the more it all bleeds together, if that yep. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it was $15. I'm not, com- I'm not upset about it at all. Uh, but I'm glad chill. you had a great day, man. I... Uh, I actually, I was, I called in sick today for at work. Uh, I took some, I woke up, felt like real bad, not flu symptoms or anything, just my stomach and my headache. And I took a bunch of medicine and I, I was like, all right, I'm going to try to fall back asleep. And every time I say that I never fall back asleep, I end up just kind of laying around bored or whatever, but no, I fell back asleep for another six hours. Like I woke up a few times cause I'm a fairly light sleeper, but, uh, yeah, slept until like one, two o'clock. I feel okay now. Sipping on some caffeine, so hopefully I can make it through through this. I see. On my weekend, I had, I I I, I had car issues. I don't know how else to describe it. There's something wrong with my car that I decided to. It, it drove right. It drives. It's something that needs to be fixed. I need to fix that, but it, I don't have to fix it right now, right? I got some time. Sure. But I was like, you know what? I can, I bet I can fix that. So I looked it up on the YouTube and uh, various other places, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll just buy this part for $50, and I'll replace it myself. I'll buy some socket wrenches. I can get this done. So that's what, what I it? did. Uh, it is a, a, real, a rear wheel bearing hub assembly. Mm. Yep. Yes. So I ran into, uh, so I started doing that Saturday, uh, ran into my first obstacle which was that i had the like all i guess most of my make and model of car have drum brakes 
and my car has disc brakes. So I had to look up how to remove those, get those out of the way. Um, not a huge obstacle, just been another trip to the uh, the hardware stores. I didn't have the right size wrench to get that off. I mean, that's what any sort of home improvement or automotive project turns into is several trips to the hardware store. <laughs> or I, I, mean, I went to three different ones, just depending on where I felt like going at the time. Uh, but anyways, got that off, got everything going. Um, felt pretty good. It was taking longer than I anticipated, but it was okay. And the the bolts that hold the, the hub assembly, which is just one piece that I just take that off, put the new one on, put everything back together, right? Uh, yeah, they're rusted on. They will not come off. Oh, this is why you asked me if I had an impact wrench, yeah. This is why I asked you if you had an impact wrench. This is why I went and bought an impact wrench, and uh, it did not work. Nothing nothing would budget. We, uh, I got one of the four bolts loose, uh, broken loose, and that took, I mean, there was a hammer involved, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm under the car pulling down on a, on, a, on a normal socket wrench, you know, with my full weight, bending the whole thing, not like it's not moving. Uh, we, put, we applied heat. We took a, a propane torch. And heated it up, hoping that would that would help. Uh, so after like an hour, uh, we got one bolt loose, and then after another hour and a half, I went back to the store, bought some rust penetrant, some better rust penetrant. Went and bought an electric impact wrench, and uh, yep, couldn't get another bolt to move. <laughs> so put it all That's back fair. together. I'm out some. I have some tools. I got some tools now that I didn't have before, and some knowledge. Uh, I can. I, th- I feel very comfortable taking apart my brake system and put it, you know, if I need to do anything there, that's real easy, actually. I was pretty impressed. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to take it somewhere where they'll have to, they'll, they, uh, I looked up, so there are actual, you can look up YouTube videos on this make and model of car or similar ones, and they'll all tell you the same thing about, hey, this piece is stuck on this piece, and there's all the tricks you can try to get it to come off. And then they use a bunch of really expensive tools that I don't have, or they take the whole thing out and put it in a machine press and pop it out also a tool that i happen to not have in my uh garage so pathetic yeah absolutely pathetic now one of us doesn't own an impact wrench chris and it's not me yeah i, mean, I, I don't need one. to i don't need to own an impact wrench because i don't own a car so no fair enough <laughs> fair enough nah i uh my impact wrench is right here <laughs> if it had worked even with buying the impact wrench which i went ahead and got a, a you know i spent more money than i should have i would have saved hundreds of dollars over taking it you know to a to mechanic and sure and i get the experience of doing it and i get the tools i can use for other things some other time as it is i i'm gonna be out i'm gonna have to take it to a mechanic so i think part of my headache is uh because we because i i sprayed it with the rust the rust penetrant and then we lit it on fire as i was or not lit on fire but we heated it up and i think the uh that burning oil you know, eight inches away from my face, uh, <laughs> my 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 head was not feeling great. So no, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So that 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 bled into my Sunday, and I was like, I got to get this taken care of first thing, and which is why this got delayed. In a stark contrast to your weekend, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> if I'm being honest, um, I think I Saturday drove around with the wife in. In her car. car, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's ours. I just never drive it sure. um, unless she's in it with me. Looking at more furniture for my for my office remodel. Okay. Still didn't find what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I feel and then, that. Uh, and then we looked for a bunch of picture frames. Couldn't find really mm-hmm. one that we wanted either. And then Sunday, 
I didn't do anything. So, nice. yeah. Well, no, I take that back. I woke up early because I wake up at 5 a.m. nowadays to go to the to go to go the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't go to the gym on Saturday and Sunday because I refuse to go to the gym on Saturday and Sundays. Sure. So I woke up at 5 a.m. like I normally do because I fell asleep watching the movie Saturday night. And so I woke up. I was like, crap, I have to, I have to watch this movie. So I woke up early, watched it, and then I saw your text message at like 2 a.m. Or from 2 a.m. You're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. cool. I'm glad I saw this. It's 7 a.m. Saturday was a long in. day. Yeah. I felt I, I almost didn't. I was like, oh, I should just message him in the morning. I was like, no, I'm going to get it done now because I don't think I'll be awake and thinking about it. So, uh, man, speaking of movies. We've been talking for, you know, you know what? We've only been talking for 10 minutes without mentioning what movie it is that we've seen. Oh, yeah? What did we watch? <laughs> nice. Nice transition. <laughs> Love it. Love it. We watched the 2016 American action thriller film, Officer Down. Uh, the tagline here, protecting, serving, ass-kicking. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the blurb for this from the official Officer Down website which I thought was a nice change of pace, pull the blurb straight from the source, is adapted from the 2010 graphic novel by Joe Casey and Chris Burnham. Officer Down concocts a hyper-real Los Angeles for the story of a savage L.A. policeman who is repeatedly resurrected and returned to active duty via dark science technology. (gasps) When When a rookie officer named Gable is recruited as backup, he discovers there's much more to the titular super cop than a mindless law enforcement drone warring against a twisted rogues gallery of over-the-top supervillains. That's a really good blurb, but I mean, I guess it should be, considering... I mean, it's, it's less a blurb, it's more synopsis. <laughs> it's more the back of the uh, yeah, the back yeah. of the DVD yeah. box there. It's like, am I still reading this? Jeez, how long <laughs> do I have to go? Uh, so this cast includes uh, Kim Coates as the titular... Officer Down, Tyler Ross as the rookie, Officer Gables, and uh, Meadow Williams. Uh, I don't know how she's getting uh, third billing, uh, but she played uh, Mother Supreme in the film. And it is directed by Sean Cran. I think she's supposed to be a pretty important character in the graphic novel. Uh, oh, like um, more involved in the graphic yeah, novel? Okay. I think so, yeah. Okay. So. Well, let's, let's, let's bust out some facts. <laughs> I think. If you know, I mean, like you just look at the the name of it, Officer Down with an E at the end, because that's his name. It's based off of a newish graphic novel. I mean, we all knew what we were getting into. Uh, so this <laughs> has got a 4.2 out of 10 star rating on IMDb with just over, what's a 2200 um, or just under 2200 uh, ratings. Median score of four, four and five, 17.2 and 17% of the votes. Uh, this is like a pretty, like look at the chart here, the bar graph. For the uh, the IMDb user ratings, it's pretty varied, but majority six and under. Why does it look like ET? It looks like an ET from a from an Atari game. There, yeah, it's even the same color. Uh, over on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it's sitting at thirty three percent rotten with a twenty nine percent audience score. There is no critics consensus. No, just another blurb, which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read. Metacritic. 26 based on four critic reviews no user score uh no user reviews whatsoever yet. Uh, ra- yeah yet <laughs> until yeah until someone's inspired by this uh <laughs> rounding out the uh, the ratings and whatnot letterboxed 2.2 out of five stars okay man um 
this was something you chose. You did this. I did do it. This this excellent upside down star sheriff badge and nuns with guns and a an immortal kung fu master who is dubbed badly the entire time. Uh, I don't think he's immortal. They call him immortal. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we don't see him out. die. We don't see him die. <laughs> You know that the movie is going to be good when the main character is shown on it three times. Yeah. Yeah, on the poster. Th- yeah. We got the the silhouette. We got an action shot. Yeah. That's how we knew that one. Uh, what was it? Movie with Frank Grillo, Mel Gibson. Oh, uh, Boss Level. Boss Level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Level was the... Up or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was on the cover a couple times. Like six times? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to I'm going to take the reins here and chat a moment about Officer Down. So I uh I want to get it out of the way here. Uh I did not like this movie. Okay. It was it was a chore to get through. Luckily, uh it's fairly short. I think uh, only about like yeah, 88 minutes. 88 minutes. Oh, I just now noticed on Wikipedia I had a box office of $850. So I'm uh, feeling pretty good about my my feelings here. I didn't like this i felt that it was a bit like the tone was all over the place it it didn't know if it was supposed to be funny with sound effects and on-screen graphics and weird weird cgi to to make it just be weird and different and then it would get real gruesome and almost kind of like almost to a b-movie horror level right after that and then, the, then there were scenes with uh, Officer Gable, which felt like just run-of-the-mill cop scenes that you would have found in any TV show on CBS from noon to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Just the way it was shot there as well. So there's just there's a, a, a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of inconsistency. And I felt if they had really dived into the weird part of Officer Down, and I don't know anything about the graphic novel. I didn't even realize it was based on a graphic novel until... Until the credits. There's a lot of things I learned about this movie from the credits, actually. <laughs> um, but I didn't realize it was based on a graphic novel or anything. So I don't know what style a graphic novel is in. I don't know how uh, true to the source material it is. I know that it is written by one of the writers of the graphic novel, Joe Casey. So I assume it's as true as it can be. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that there were any particularly bad shots. I think it was just, it's more from like from a director's point of view. I think it was more just a cinematography type point of view there's also several scenes and i don't know if you noticed this or not it felt like there was green screen oh probably but where there shouldn't have been green screen like uh there's two instances of this that, that come to mind our opening scene so this this movie is rated r uh it's probably the most rated r movie we've watched for the podcast i'm trying to think if there's anything else we've seen I mean, we've seen things that are rated R because they have violence and gore or whatnot. But I think this one, this one has a little bit of everything that could make it rated R, isn't there? Just a little yeah. bit of everything. It just checks all the boxes, yeah. I think it, yeah, it checks every single box. And our opening scene, Officer Down, played by Kim Coates, is uh, performing. <laughs> he's performing Cunnilingus, uh, and this goes on for quite some time. He's obviously being shot in the room with this girl because of what they're doing, and. He gets up to leave, and he walks by her, and I, I rewound it twice. When he walks by her, I swear it's a green screen. Like, one shot, he's standing next to her, and the next shot, he's walking by, but they're not. I swear they weren't filmed at the same time. There's that telltale kind of dark outline around him, you know, like from an old like old CGI would have when it wasn't quite meeting the background. Mm-hmm. 
it was baffling why that was even there. And then when the cops arrive at the scene uh, near the end, spoilers right away, uh, when Officer Down gets kidnapped and the cops arrive at the scene and they're looking around at all of the, the massacre that just happened, there's a shot of Officer Gables in front of, you know, he's got the background of that wall uh, they, cause they came, that they came in from through the hole in the wall. And then the next shot is him still in front of that, but it's obviously green screen. So he was there and then it's like they needed to do reshoots. And so the reshots are in green screen or something. I'm, or maybe they were just done again in CGI in post. It was a little odd. I know we're not exactly filmmakers. And by exactly, I mean not at all because we've never made a film. Um, but it's something that I think as, as we watch more and more and more of these lower budget, call them B movies, call them low budget, independent films, whatever. It's all the little tricks they do to make the budget stretch as far as they need it to stretch or you know, just you can tell when there's passion in something and so I'm, I'm always looking for things like that especially now two and a half years in this was just weird in that particular that particular regard i did not recognize Corey taylor by his face i recognized him by his voice that was that was interesting to be just like this guy i know who this guy is i know who this is uh looked it up oh hey it's Corey taylor right in the opening scenes that's cool and then go the whole movie Sam Witwer shows up like so I'm I'm jumping into cameo corner real quick. Okay. This movie sure. has this movie has Corey Taylor for a scene at the beginning he blows himself up and blows up officer down. Plays a I don't know, a junkie meth king or wannabe drug He's lord. Trying or to create like a super drug. Super yeah. drug. Yeah. Like which is yeah. what we all need, right? His character's name is listed as Headcase Harry. And then we have Sam Witwer as Burnham, the scientist who's behind, like one of the scientists who's behind Officer Down's repeated resurrection. Uh, Sam Witwer is a fantastic actor. Uh, he voiced Starkiller in the Force Unleashed games. Uh, famously, they, he looks like his character completely on accident. Like they created the character and one of his friends who, or somebody he knew or what have you, saw the character and said, hey, you should, tr- you should try out, you should try voicing that guy. It looks like you. Uh, and then he got cast as him. Also voices Darth Maul in like the, cl- the animated Star Wars stuff and was in the excellent show Being Human as a vampire. Okay. Yeah, he's got a very distinct cheekbone structure. It's, his face is hard to miss. Um, so I've loved everything he's been in. Uh, I think he's great. And then I didn't real I didn't know obviously because we do zero research for what movie we're going to watch until afterwards. Uh, this was directed by Sean Cran. I saw like, at the very end it pops up says directed by Sean Cran, and I said what and paused it and made sure it was the same Sean Cran. Um, he also plays the lion in the movie, uh, so he's doing a little bit of double duty. He was uh, credited as M dot Sean Cran, like a first initial M. Uh, which I've never seen before. So that's that's why I double-checked to make sure it was actually him. But apparently his full name is Michael Sean Cran. So lots of little cameos. Didn't make it better. Was just kind of interesting. Why are these people in Cameo Corner? Well, I talked with Sam Witwer. Yeah, no. Oh, why are, uh, yeah. So Sean, Sean Cran, is better known as Clown, is a percu- percussionist. No, in... I, no, I, I, I know who they are. I was trying oh, okay. to be funny for a second. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, no. Sean was going to be my my nominee for cameo corner, mm. mainly because I don't know anything about Slipknot, the band. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think I know any of their songs. I couldn't tell you what music they make either. Sure, <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy directed it, and he was in it. it sounds yeah. like a cameo to me. Yeah, what has yeah. he done? Oh, he's just directed a bunch of Slipknot music videos. Man, this guy must really like Slipknot. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty. Uh, he's, oh, he's he's, he's in it. Yeah, he's, he's in, in Slipknot. That makes more sense. He's yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Um, and then Corey Taylor, uh, Hardcore Harry, from or Headcase Harry, excuse me, completely different movie, uh, from the beginning is the, the lead vocalist in Slipknot. There's also... And Stone Sour. Chris Finn played Vulture. He apparently is... Chris Finn. I didn't look through the entire list in here. Also Slipknot. That's, that's all I got. That's all I know. Chris Finn? Finn? F-E-H-N. Finn. He played Vulture. Yeah, he was in Slipknot. I've always thought it was Fane, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, having seen them live, they're great. Fair enough. So Sean Cran is Cran is one of the uh, like I said, he's a percussionist. So he just he just plays. He doesn't play drums. He plays sure. percussion. Yeah, he plays a triangle, a timpani, yeah. xylophone, yeah. Mm-hmm. tambourine. Mm-hmm. Does he do lots? The, mostly tambourine, actually. Yeah. Does he do this thing? <laughs> I can't see your hands. Your oh the. Oh yeah, they're looking a little yeah. like the wash. Yeah, it's got a it's like a tom set or whatever. Uh, big drums. I think he's the most so the most not famous, but the most iconic image of him is from their song "Duality," um, in which he at the height of the the riff or whatever of the music, he takes a baseball bat and hits an empty keg that's hanging from a chain, and it makes a ding noise, and that's that's the percussion. When they do it live, he's got his his baseball bat is on fire. It's awesome. Yeah. You should watch that music the, video. It's pretty good. Do you think the fire affects the tone? <laughs> no. I think it, I just think it looks cool. It's kind of what they do. Yeah, the music video has uh they had like I don't know, a couple thousand fans rush into like a a suburban house that was I think ready for demolition and they just tore it to pieces. That's uh, oh. pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's arson. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Destruction um, of private property. That's a I mean, I think they uh, I think they got permissions and it's all filmed and it's got a million <laughs> views on YouTube, but you don't know that. Uh, I feel pretty good about it though. I feel feel pretty good about it. Yeah, so a little cameo corner, like some of the actors in this are pretty good. I also noticed that one guy with the mustache who gets killed by every every good guy in every action movie for the past ten years. I'll see if I can find his name. I just remember I watched Equalizer and I saw him get killed in that. And then I watched John Wick and saw him get killed in that, like in the same two week period. So I could immediately recognize him. He played one of the inmates who Mm. beats up officer down after he's been kidnapped. There's, there's crook one and two. Those are the only. Mm. Now I'm pulling up things from the movie goon, which is a great movie, but not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Maybe he's not credited. Maybe he's not. Let me see if I can find him from something Inmate else. Inmate but... seven, Jackson George. Let me pull up the. Does cast. not have a mustache. This guy definitely has a mustache. So, but he's a big dude. He, like I said, he he shows up as a lot of like, ex- as an extra in a lot of action movies and gets killed by the main character. Sure. Quite a bit, actually. Um, it's kind of. I think it's kind of his shtick. Um, he might. I mean, thinking about it now, I'm seeing having reviewed hundreds of movies here is probably a, a stunt person who crossed over anyways I'll, I'll keep i'll see if i can find out who i'm talking about um, okay. here but uh, pass it over to you like what did you think of this film why did um, you pick it where are we at so the reason why i picked it is because it was on hulu <laughs> okay. uh, we needed a movie we need to watch i mean that's really all it is Fair enough. i did not dislike this movie i think there's a lot of things about it which are like really interesting you talked about like the the on-screen graphics like this very much seemed like a, an attempt by Mr. Cran to uh, make a graphic novel movie, which is, I think that uh, Sin City mm-hmm. is really, was like re- the first one to really do that. It was the first one to really like, we're making a stylistic choice 
we're trying to make this look like the source material as much as we can. There's, uh, you talk about a lot of the, the green screening. I wonder if it like isn't so much reshoots as much as it was like, we just, we have to fix it in post. Like there was mm-hmm. a problem with the shot or it wasn't like, there's a noticeable green tint. Not, not as bad as the matrix, but you can really tell there's a tint on this film, which is pretty neat. Yeah, that's true. The acting, I think for the most part is good. What's really funny is there's some actors in here that are like, like big time career actors, like mm-hmm. uh, Chief Berenger played by Luna Lauren Velez, a twin. I don't know if you knew that. She has an identical twin sister called Lorraine, who is also an actress. Luna Velez has been in, uh, let's see, her entire filmography. Let's just go ahead and pull it up. She has 54 acting credits. Uh, She's been in a bunch of stuff. MacGyver, the new MacGyver. uh, Hmm. But she was in- Wait, wait, when you say MacGyver and the new MacGyver, are you correcting yourself or adding to the list? At, no, no, correcting myself. Um, she okay. was in, I remember her most from 48 episodes of Oz. Not that I watched all 48 episodes, but she was a doctor in the show. Mm. Um, and then she's just been in some other things. Uh, Kim Coates, yeah. one of those actors who has a very distinct look. I think he's most known right now for Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. He was in a lot of things. I, the first time I remember seeing this dude's face was in Waterworld. He plays a merchant that Kevin Costner kills. Uh, I mean, Waterworld was a first for a lot of well, a yeah. lot of things for sure. Yeah. yeah, no, I just like I didn't know who he was. Sure. I just remember like, man, that guy. I was like, man, that guy's a really distinct look. And then he does. Later on, I saw him in Sons of Anarchy, and I was like, hold on a second, that's that's that guy from uh, what's it called? Uh, but he's been in a bunch of things. And then Tyler Ross, I think, is our relative newcomer compared. Uh, only twenty five credits. I can't recall anything I've seen this guy in. No, I guess VHS two. I've seen that. Yeah, okay. But other than that, really, a lot of unknowns. Maybe some um, has beens. Uh, you know, yeah. Not, not, not trying to use that term negatively. Like career, character, or journeyman actors. I really enjoyed. <laughs> I actually like. I did not anticipate there being a gratuitous sex scene. No. Like, I just didn't, like, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, yeah, like you look at the things like, oh, we got strong sexual content. Like, sure. You know, what do you consider strong sexual content? And then there's an orgasm counter. Like, yeah. I really wasn't expecting that. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, like, I think he overall, he gets to 50. Overall? All, like, all things considered. Oh. Which I think, I was... like, poor girl, uh, Cody Renee Cameron, who plays naked woman, that's really her. That, that's what she's credited <laughs> as, is, Naked yeah, Woman. It is. I feel like she uh, would have probably had a heart attack and died at some point. After if she maybe had, like, would they have just brought her back? Yeah. Would after have like just the, taken her to the police precinct and been like, bring her back. Yeah, I've got more my, work to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not finished. I got to get the, the double digits. The job's never done, <laughs> chief. <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. No, you're not. Oh, no. Um, but kinda, yeah, no. I kind of am. Yeah. I, uh... I like, I like there were some parts of this movie that were I think were fun. Like is this overall a good movie? Probably not. No. There's a reason why it has an $850 box office. There's a reason why it was real maybe a passion project, you know. Sure. The Slipknot Boys got their money together. <laughs> um, you know, cuz let's see who produced it. Let's see production design. No, no, no. Yeah, produced by No, I guess not. Corey Brennan. 
Joe Casey. Clint Joe D. Casey was one of the writers, creators of the graphic Fake. novels. So I feel like they bankrolled it themselves. Yeah. Roger M. Name I don't know how to pronounce. Cole Payne, Skip Williamson, and Mark Neville Dean. Yeah, I don't know any of these people. I, th- I figured it would just been um, you know, because th- like there's so many people from Slipknot in this. I figured maybe they uh, a maybe solid, the reason why it got made. A know? solid third of the band. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, I don't know if it's um, Kim Coates's physical acting at this point, but like there were a lot of cuts in the action sequences. Not that there's anything negative about that, right? I mean, well, you make the movie, you can make. Yeah. So yeah. if your actor like it, there's a difference between Keanu and every other action movie star ever. And that Keanu's like, Oh, you, you want me to play an international assassin? Cool. I'll just devote an entire year of my life into learning well, martial arts and learning how to use a firearm. Uh, like, for, okay. I'm going to stop you there. Number one, he already knew how to do that. Uh, number two, <laughs> number two, but I mean, I think the cuts are also part of the it's budget. Sure. Like, it's yeah, not yeah. just, it's not just that, but when I say budget, it's safety budget. It's like, how much can we actually show on screen? Because we can't, we have the money to put in the proper safety precautions that are required because we're, well, by some organization or union, but also because we're decent people. I mean, it's it's part of it, right? Like, if there were this many cuts and this movie was it had a $20 million budget or something, then I would be very upset. But I, I was fine with the number of cuts. Yeah. You know, well, and yeah. also it, it ties into the the idea of it being a graphic novel, mm. right? That's like true. You, That's true. The different, the different panels would probably be different cuts from right. the action scene. I think, like, I, in my opinion, actually the work, like the weakest part of this movie is Zen Master Flash. Like oh, his really? entire, like his entire subplot, I found to be like, maybe they don't do a good enough job explaining why he goes off script he has his own plan like okay Hmm. why i don't remember him saying at any point like oh this is the only like this is the greatest challenge i've ever faced Uh, oh give him a little bit of motivation is what you're saying yeah Yeah. like in just like you've got your your what are they called fortune 500 great name yeah (laughs) of your your three your three big bads yeah yeah it's the classic case of the mob organized crime and Gotham hiring the Joker. Yeah. And then he turns out you can't really control him. But the difference is, is like we saw it from the beginning of the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. We saw him like systematically, like, well, not him specifically, but like he like sows anarchy and chaos within his own bank robbing, like his own heist group. He's like, yeah, man, uh, I was told that if I kill you, I get your share. Bang. Right. Yeah. So you figure out kind of from the beginning that this dude's just an agent of chaos, whereas Zen Master Flash is just a poorly dubbed guy in a weird costume you know i I guess yeah i i agree except that i I like the dubbing i don't know oh no no no. i'm not saying that that's bad i just meant like like why is this guy the way he is now maybe since we're not educated enough in the graphic novel you know maybe there's some backstory there hidden behind the curtain that we don't know about yeah i don't know i just i feel like there's just something like a throwaway line, like maybe we just, maybe we get, we don't get to 37 on the orgasm counter. Maybe we only get to 26, you know, and we use that four or five extra seconds to be like, are you sure we should hire this guy? He's, he's a, he's a loose cannon. We can't control him. No, he'll do it for the yeah. money. And then it turns out that he won't do it for the money. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, that makes sense. He can also teleport. That's neat. Oh, you know, you don't become an immortal without some, I don't yeah. know, teleportation. In a, in a world where telekinetic power can be yeah. harnessed in order yeah. to bring someone back from the dead. 
uh, sure. a la you know Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster, then uh, you know whatever yeah. he can teleport. Yeah, I'm not sure how uh, Mother Supreme she gets banished to another dimension after he rips her leg off, but sure, yeah, why not? Um, I have questions. <laughs> okay, uh, so real, real quick before you start asking questions, sure. Uh, uh, Sean Cran, uh, I was looking at his uh, his credits here. Uh, he played in 2002. He played in the movie Rollerball. Do you remember that movie? Uh, I remember seeing commercials for it. I never watched it. There you go. Uh, he's credited as Slipknot band member. Mm, number one? No, or? just a Slipknot band <laughs> member. <laughs> Which he, yeah, he just, uh, I guess himself? I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I uh, will answer all of your questions. And if I don't know the answer, I will still answer it. I will make something up on the spot. So are they resurrecting him? Or I, because like he seems to have some capability to retain right but not everything because there's at the the first time he comes back he says something along the lines that like gable starts he tries to ask him a question he's like yeah man i i i had your back back there and he goes what are you talking about mm-hmm. but then the second time they bring him back and he like goes to the um what did they call it the lockup oh the, the bullpen. uh the bullpen yeah whatever they call it yeah. um yeah he like puts his hand on his chest, kind of like as a thank you to like kind of remembers who he is. I, I was wondering if he like if they actually bring him back to life, or I'm I was also wondering if they just rewound him in time. Like they don't change the space time continuum; they mm. change Officer Down's current place in the timeline. No, I think I think they resurrect him, but brain damage is brain damage, and who knows where memories come from? So things get sure. fuzzy over time. Uh, and, the, and the reason I, I think that is. When he's being brought back or really just re-empowered near the end of the movie, he sees them. Like he has flashes of the people from the bullpen. And later he walks, like you said, he walks through it. Yeah. But he sees people who are missing, that you know, that type of thing. Uh, and there's a throwaway line about, you know, every time he comes back, a little piece of his soul is missing or some, something stupid like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that whole bit, the memories and everything else, um, being reminded who he is, that type of thing. No, but that's a but that's a good uh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, it's just well because like when they're resurrecting him, like he's like shaking his head and you know jostling on the table because sure. he thinks he's in an episode of Star Trek: The Original Series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His face flashes back to being normal, and then it flashes back to having like part of his jaw ripped off. Yeah, and so that's why I was wondering, like, are they just sending him? Mm. Like, are they just you know pulling him from a particular time? But you know, it's. Uh, I think neat. it's just maybe some of the effect of it, like the shaking head thing. It lasts yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good. Uh, that's a good question. I like that question. Second question: How many episodes of Sons of Anarchy have you watched? All of it. Is it just in Kim Coates' contract that he gets to be naked on set oh, on screen? I mean, <laughs> let, let's let's be honest, man. If are are you mad about him being naked? No, on it's, it's just I was like, oh, hey, Kim Coates is in this rad. I hope. I wonder if he gets naked, and then he got naked. So like, you mean it opened uh, with him naked? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't just like get naked. He started. He got dressed. Yeah. Is what you mean? He got dressed. well. Well, and then later on, like they bring him back, and he's got a little towel. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think maybe. <laughs> Third question. Yeah, are all of these cops worthless? Oh yeah, hundred percent. They're all okay. worthless. Yeah. Excellent. That's what I need to know. Okay. Fourth question. Especially the chief. Are we sure that Officer Gable is mentally stable? Uh, he chose to be a cop and is proud to be a cop. So he no. stares at himself in the mirror while pointing his gun at his reflection. You're a cop. You gotta get. You gotta get used to having a You're gun a pointed at you, man. You can't be shaking in your boots. 
You're a cop. You know? Yeah, but he's pointing at himself. Well, so he's, he's just practicing. Like, he, he, it's an empty. But, it's empty. No, you know, no, no. Because no, he clicks I, it. Well, though, it doesn't matter because it's a mirror. So he's not actually going to be hurting anybody. But sure. I guess my question is, is like, is he justifying? Like, is that, is that self-affirmation? It's a little bit of self-affirmation, a little bit of hyping himself up. Yeah. Is it like he is living a lie? Like he doesn't actually want to be a cop. He actually wants to be like a painter. But this is the only job, like when he took his ASVAB is the only thing that he qualified for. I don't know. It was just it was just a weird yeah. shot. And then yeah, later sure. on, like oh, Officer man. Down does the exact same thing in a mirror, and he's just like, you know, you gotta yeah, save yeah, yeah, this yeah. city. Like it's just you know, there's a lot of staring oh, at mirrors man. in this movie. There is yeah, there's a good bit of it. Yeah. Is this just I, I assume this is just like a dark fantasy version of Judge Dredd. Yeah, it definitely has well my my fifth question was gonna be is this just RoboCop with less with um less steps, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, essentially, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's the it's it's got a little bit of Judge Dredd, sprinkle a little bit of RoboCop on it, a little bit of Terminator, just yeah, yeah. sprinkle it all over there, it's, spice it up. It's a derivative, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Like the the idea is sound. The idea is sound. I, I have questions whenever you're done with yours, so on a scale of one to everybody in the municipal government loses their job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is this on the ethics scale? <laughs> um this is man. Who would have to find out for everyone to get fired? Well, because everyone it's been going knows. on for it's been going on for twenty five years. Yeah. So there's no amount like the public would have to find out and be against it. I don't know, well, man. I mean, you got you have what may or may not be. This is government sanctioned murder, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he's yeah. like he's he d- he doesn't wear the same uniform as everyone else which you know so like do people like not realize that he's not actually a police officer they think he's just like a security oh, no, guard from a ball like he's wearing cuz he's wearing the old uniform from when he oh, from first the 70s. Signed, from when he first signed up yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly very yeah. very chips very yes. chipsish actually yeah um, which tried to autoplay actually while I was watching <laughs> hulu um <laughs> Should have watched that know. instead. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Not really straight to stream or science fiction. but uh, I think anything with Dax Shepard in it could be considered science fiction because he's ungodly <laughs> and out of this world. There but you go. But yeah, I no, it. it's just, this is like, it's a nightmare. It's like, it, it, like I understand oh, yeah. it's a fantasy world. Like, I totally get it. Yeah, I know oh, it's yeah. a work of science fiction. Sure. But just like the implications of having, you know, state-sanctioned yeah, like there's no due process. It's just extra no. extrajudicial murder. Yep. Uh, for over it, a quarter of a century. Like uh, I feel like this leads to a conversation that we're not qualified to have, which is uh, something we're very good about doing is having conversations we're not qualified to have. Oh yeah. But I mean, Judge Dredd, RoboCop, this right? Their movies. It's hard because. If I told you what the movie's about, you can go one of two ways, right? If I described RoboCop to you, you could go one of two ways. It could be like, oh, this movie is over-the-top action, and we're going to kill all the bad guys, and it's going to be awesome, and we're all going to cheer at the end, right? Or this is a, a commentary on the police state and how, because of police overreach and violence, none of the people on the, the lower end of the economic uh totem pole or whatever or whatever ends the lowest uh, can actually make it in life and they have to become criminals and put their lives at risk and blah 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 and these movies and these stories do that do that commentary to 
various degrees of success. Like I think that the last Dread movie with Carl Urban did a pretty good job of showing that the people are just people. They're kind of stuck in these situations. And we're still going to have all the over-the-top action because some of the bad guys are actually bad guys, right? I don't think this movie does that. I think this movie is just like, hey, there's criminals out there. Let's murder them. And I think that that's yeah. a little bit classist. It's a little... <sighs> I want to say it's a little racist because uh, combined with a bunch of other things, especially when you look at the older films, like if you look at films from the late eighties, early nineties, and they're all like one of our favorite movies, one of the best movies ever written is that stupid Sylvester Stallone movie where he gets frozen in time from LA. You know, he's an LAPD cop who's too violent. And so he gets frozen till whatever year it is. And then he comes back and the bad guys are back and it's about the violence and blah, blah, blah. But people are living underground and eating Taco Bell all the time. That movie comes out right around the same time that you have riots in LA and wherever else because of Ron and Rodney King and all of this. And so, yeah, he's not shooting minorities the whole time. Like he's mostly not, but it's right there. Like it's right under the surface. If that makes sense. And that's why yeah. I say it's a little bit racist because when you think about, yeah, in this movie, he isn't like going through and killing a bunch of minorities or whatever. Mostly not actually. Well, I, I depends on, I don't know the nuns had paint all over their face, so it's hard to tell, but that's yeah. not the point of it. But when you combine it with the overall social commentary at the time, it's very problematic, I feel, to glorify yeah. a cop who just goes and kills whoever. Uh, and it's the same way I feel about a lot of the cop shows and serials that are out, right? Like, uh, how many times has the cop on, on uh, Law & Order got to rough up a suspect? And we're all like, yeah, it's okay, because he actually did it. But how often does it happen when they didn't do it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the glorification of it. I don't particularly care for it. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I like, there's a little bit of a difference for me for, with Judge Dredd, because like... I guess the main sci-fi. difference, well, the main difference in there is like, that's his job, sure. right? Judge Dredd yep. is the police and he's the judicial system. Mm-hmm. That's why I was comparing it a little bit more to RoboCop. 100%. Because it's dead man walking, you know, this guy's this guy's already died in the line of duty and then we, we bring him back. Like he was such a good cop that like not even death can stop him from Straight up killing people. <laughs> I mean, this <laughs> Not is, even this is really what it stop is. Stop them from killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it'd be what it is. It'd be what it is. Like I said, th- there's a lot of things I, I I liked about this movie. There's a lot of things I didn't really like about the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't love Kim Coates's performance. I think he does yeah. a pretty good job of being the stoic antihero. It's just I don't think he has a whole lot to work with, and I don't know if that's the fault of the script. I don't know if it's the fault of the director. I don't know if it's the fault of the character, right? Like he's living undead, you know, for the yeah. most part. Like how like how expressive and dramatic can that guy be? The, yeah. the best part about this movie mm-hmm. is that when it ended, <laughs> I went online and I typed officer down into, into Google because, you know, it's just what you're supposed to do. And I went to the IMDb page and I was looking through some stuff. And then I noticed that a movie that's going to be coming out this year um, with Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt called Renfield. Okay. Which um, I want to watch, but the problem is, it's only going to be released in theaters. So it's a conversation we need to have. But okay, we can have a conversation yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, that's the best part of this movie. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. Good. <sighs> All right, man. Yeah. What What did we learn today? Not worth the price of subscription. Not at all. I don't. I don't think so. Like, if you're a fan of the the graphic novel, you've already made your decision before you even heard of Stalin. And if you aren't a fan of the graphic novel, but you really like graphic novel adaptations of the movies, I think this is a, like, is this better than The Scribbler? 
Ooh, uh, no. I mean, you could say that, like, I think maybe budget-wise and presentation-wise, it might be no better. Yeah. It's a different type of movie, for sure. Yeah, but, yeah. like, where the scribbler gave us atmosphere, I felt mm-hmm. like I was in that, like, in that hotel. Yeah. I felt when I was in the room when she was going crazy. When she's in the elevator, I just... I got drawn in. And in this movie, I don't really, I didn't feel that way at all, which, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's its biggest indictment to use a a legal term. (laughs) Um, yeah, is that it just, it never rises above mediocrity. And that is why I rated it a five on IMDb. Nice. I would give it a three, but there it is. So I, uh, agree with everything you just said. I don't, I don't have anything else to add except, you know, I feel like if I talk anymore, I'm just going to start. I'm going to start. I'm going to have to make an essay about the police state. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the nuns are gun runners. Is that what, or gun, de- gun merchants? Is that what yeah, I'm, gun I'm, runners, I'm, I'm yeah. led to believe? Yeah, yeah. 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 So are they nun runners? Is that? No, they don't run nuns. They run guns. They're nuns are with they, guns. Are they gun nunners? Or none gunners? No, I think that any attempt at making a pun right now is going to be met with uh, crickets. None gun runners. Yes, none gun runners. Yeah. Yeah. They run the nuns run with guns. You're not supposed to do that. No, um, not, I think. It's not safe. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of you things can, you're not supposed to do with guns that they totally do. You can, you can fall and stab yourself. It's just not safe. I mean, they. I think they move his body with bullets. <laughs> like, it's a lot of. I think probably the yeah. most interesting part of the movie is when they're bringing him back when he's not at the station. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually liked. Like, I watched the first hour of this movie and then turned it off, and I was like, "I'm gonna have to watch the rest of this later." Like, I can't, I can't do this. Uh, came back and watched the last thirty minutes, and I was like, "Okay, I, this was much better." Like it, it starts off weird, and then once you get into it, I didn't like it, and then it got, but it did get better as it went. I don't know why yeah. it did, but I, I didn't mind the uh, the climax. Not the climaxes, but the climax of the movie <laughs> was pretty good. You said what you said. I did say what I said. Uh, if anyone out there has seen this movie or read the graphic novel uh, and wants to set us straight on any of the facts or non-facts that we uh, spewed, uh, please reach out to us, sci-fi-wiseguys at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach out to us on uh, Twitter or Instagram. Give us your suggestions for other straight-to-stream or independent movies and television shows we should watch just at sci-fi wise guys we really appreciate the suggestions uh we've got a few suggestions that have come our way via twitter and our email that we'll be uh hitting on soon enough stay healthy stay hydrated and just remember um if uh if your chief tells you to not go into a room filled with a bunch of telekinetics just don't go in there yeah you think that's think that's what it is you think that's the lesson from here um well i mean the real lesson is um I guess don't become a cop. <laughs> yeah. And don't become a class trader. Is that interesting? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye guys. Bye. I don't know, man. I, I, I really do. Like, I was trying to put the words together because, like I said, I don't think we're qualified for it. But uh, all these movies do is is make cops look like good guys. So when they do bad shit, well, yeah, man, they're heroes. Don't they're you know? heroes. 
Yeah, they get, also uh, don't know why I couldn't remember the word demolition. <laughs> Man, I thought you. Were, I I honestly thought you were like it was a. I thought you were making a joke. I was like, is he not? Is he intentionally not saying the name of the? Movie? I was intentionally <laughs> not saying, but I couldn't remember the name of that godforsaken <laughs> movie. I love that movie. It's great. Uh, it's definitely the best. But um, <sighs> but it's still like the cops need to be like the whole point of that movie is that violence is the answer. <laughs> It's the only answer, it's, right? It's ridiculous, yeah. right? Um, and I'm just now, because I looked up the movie, and I'm just now realizing that Wesley Snipes' character is Simon Phoenix, which I knew, but I never put two and two together that he's Phoenix. He goes away, but then he comes back. Yeah, yeah. he rises from the ashes, yeah. 